time for the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host, William Barber. Hi, race fans. Welcome to this week's edition of Southern Race Week. Uh, WB, a.k.a. William Barber here, as always, on the old Food Depot Zoom line. Alfie sitting right high atop his pit box. Alfie, Alfie, how you doing today, man? William Barber, our fearless leader, is good to see you back in the captain's chair this week, my friend. I know you've been extremely busy for the last uh, few weeks, but uh, we've continued on with the show, and I've tried my best to fill in and, and take over your, uh, you know, f- fill those big shoes that you uh, that you bestowed upon us. But, uh, you know, we're glad to have you back, sir, and uh, glad to be with us this week on the uh, fine radio broadcast this week. Well, you know, uh, Alfie, I appreciate you, man. You don't know how much I do appreciate you uh, because your paycheck reflects it, obviously. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I don't even get a paycheck. It doesn't even, exactly. it doesn't, it doesn't even get one. Well, you know, for the last couple of weeks, uh, so race fans that, uh, that, that that follow me on Instagram at, at William Barber or at WB Radio Network on Twitter uh, know that the the guy that, got me into nascar to begin with my dad passed away in june and i'm just gonna tell you um you know it it it's been a it's been a it's been a crazy road man it's been a crazy crazy road but uh over at my uh my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law's house uh today uh celebrating the birth of my newest my eighth niece or nephew and it's a, it's, I got a beautiful little niece. Her name is Breezy Capri Bradley. So uh, we're, we're, we're one situation ends, another, another life begins. But we're going to get her convinced to be a, a race fan. And, uh, you know, we're just, uh, we're just going through life, man. But uh, big shout out to uh, Richard Petty, Richard Petty Motorsports, for all the wonderful words and kind words that they sent uh, about my dad because Rich Petty knew that my dad was a huge Rich Petty fan. So big congratulations to them and big congratulations on the uh the pull apart people or carspart.com or whatever it was that beat me in bidding on the bumper from our friend Wallace. When it got up to fifteen thousand dollars for the front bumper from the forty-three car, I just had to, you know, I had to drop out, man. I had to drop out, but uh, yeah, that budget you were looking out for. I had that budget, and uh, you know, I, I I wanted to get it to hanging up in my dad's garage for memory's sake, but goodness gracious, but you know, uh, Motorsports Racing Network and the uh, charities, some great love and some great money for that, so. It all comes around full circle. Thank you for filling in and, and, and filling the gaps on my time away, if you will. For once, I wasn't at the beach, Alfie, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, uh, it, that is nice to hear about the Richard Petty Motorsports reaching out to you. And speaking of uh, a Petty family, Maurice Petty, one of the uh, brothers of the King, uh, uh, passed away as well a few weeks back. Another NASCAR Hall of Famer. So condolences going out to the Petty family on the uh, passing of uh, NASCAR Hall of Fame, Maurice Petty. I don't know about you, but I, everybody that I talk to is ready for 2020 to be over with. All right, let's <laughs> get to the let's get to the NASCAR news, man. What you yes. got? What you got? 
Well, we got some news coming up, but I also want to mention the great guests we've got on the program here, William, before we get into the NASCAR news. Uh, in just moments, we're going to be speaking with Chip Wild, the president of Daytona International Speedway. The race that was supposed to be headed Watkins Glen has been uh, canceled in that area because of the spike in COVID-19 in the New York area. So they're right. moving that weekend's race to the road course at Daytona. So that's going to be really exciting to see uh, NASCAR Cup Series cars out on the track and also ARCA trucks, I believe, and also Xfinity. So a lot of action going on in Daytona uh, for that weekend. So that's going to be exciting. So we'll talk to Mr. Wild about the road course racing at Daytona here in a few weeks. Also got to speak with Chris Busher, Cup Series driver as well. Get to learn a little bit about him as well. And for the Performance Racing Network, well, the radio coverage of the race at New Hampshire Motor Speedway this uh, weekend. And we'll speak with turn announcer Doug Turnbull of the Performance Racing Network. Hi, this is Winston Kelly, the executive director of the NASCAR Hall of Fame and pit reporter for the Motor Racing Network, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network itself. Yet again, bringing you another brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio. Appreciate you tuning in and also tuning in to the podcast version of the program as well, which is available on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. But let's head on over now to the Food Depot hotline and welcome in the president of Daytona International Speedway, Georgia resident, born and raised, and also a graduate of the University of Georgia and also a good friend of the program. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Chip All right, Mr. Wild, thank you so much for taking time to come back and join us on the uh, program this week here on Southern Race Week Radio. Hopefully you're doing well, my friend. Yeah, all good, all good. Gearing up for, uh, what, six races and uh, in about a week and a half. So we'll uh, we'll be busy down here in Daytona Beach uh, mid-August. Uh, speaking of being busy, sir, you are absolutely correct. Uh, normally you get two races in the season you have of course the big debut the daytona 500 and then also this year the coke 400 which will be the cutoff race of the regular season so we begin the regular season daytona we end the regular season in daytona before the 10 race playoffs begin but this year you're getting another race in the mix as uh, the watkins Glen race had to be postponed so they're moving that race weekend to the Daytona International Speedway, and not just on the Super Speedway. Oh, no, we're involving the road course at Daytona. So how excited are you to, for the first time ever, feature NASCAR Cup Series cars on the road course at Daytona? Well, you know, we announced uh, in February we're going to run the Bush Clash on the road course. Uh, the kickoff you know, Speed Weeks presented by Advent Health next February. But this will give us a really good preview. Uh, we weren't prepared uh, for, for, you know, hosting an event in the middle of August, but, uh, you know, luckily for us, we've got a great team here. We're getting the track prepared, uh, and we'll host four events in three days. So the, the Arkham Menard Series will race on Friday afternoon on our famed 3.57-mile road course. Saturday, the Xfinity Series will be in action, uh, also racing on the road course, and then double header on Sunday. You'll have the trucks at noon the cup cars at 3.30 uh, 
while I'm trying to navigate our 3.57 mile road course. And I say 3.7 mile because you're saying mm, that's kind of weird. It's 3.56 miles. We're actually adding another tenth of a mile to it, uh, and we're going to uh, put a chicane coming off turn four. So it truly will be <laughs> a road course nobody has seen uh, as they as they start coming down here uh, on the August 14th, 15th, and 16th. Yeah, I think it's required in NASCAR rules that you have to have a chicane if you are doing road course racing. I think that's just that's just the way it is. So good job out of you guys in adding the chicane uh, to the road course. So let me ask you, Mr. Wild, how was this idea presented to you, and and how did we get to this final result of us being able to have this event on the road course? Well, we knew when uh, when obviously the start of the pandemic that you know there were going to be some challenges. Uh, going to certain certain racetracks that NASCAR owns, based on the environment, and New York uh, has been one of those. So we uh, we started preparing the infield road course in March and April, uh, and then now, obviously, with you know being a month out, they they, they couldn't figure out how to make it work with uh, with, with the state. So uh, natural fit to bring them down here. It's an easy travel day for all the teams from Charlotte, um, and and you know we're ready. And you know this. The, the Daytona National Speedway is the world's center of racing. It's the most famous racetrack in all the world. Uh, and we, we are always busy. We always have something happening at the, at the facility. So uh, it's really easy for us to gear up uh, for another race weekend. I had to move a couple of things around just to make it work schedule-wise. But uh, the team here just continues to thrive and, and, and take on new challenges. You know, we hosted uh, an additional race over the 4th of July. We're used to seeing stock cars on the 4th of July run around our two-and-a-half-mile high bank oval. Uh, we didn't do that on the 4th of July this year. We rode on the road course, uh, welcoming, welcoming IMSA back to competition. So, you know, we've been throwing a lot of curveballs in 2020, but the teams continue to rise to the occasion and done an incredible job. Now, we had Red Farmer on the program a couple of weeks ago, the recent announced uh, mem- newest member of the NASCAR Hall of Fame, and he was telling me about when he used to run at Daytona back on the days when they ran on the beaches. And, I, you know, and just listening to him describe his love and respect for the sport and just hearing him tell those stories so vividly of uh, racing on the beaches. And now you have this great uh, super speedway facility that has seen so much history uh, over the years of NASCAR. And you have the great and unique position of being president of Daytona International Speedway, which I think sometimes I wonder if you still pinch yourself when you wake up in the morning and drive into work and see this beautiful facility that you work from. So uh, even today, as you kind of get ready for the race weekends coming up here and, and reminisce about the time that you've been there so far, tell me about your experiences of working at such an amazing facility as Daytona International Speedway. It, it truly has been the honor of my life to work here, you know, to work for the French family. Uh, and, and, and to be a part of such an iconic facility and, a, and an incredible team. You know, I've said from the, from the time I had the opportunity to work at Darlington, the reason that I've gotten the opportunities that I've uh, gotten in my career isn't because of anything I've done. It's because of the people I've surrounded myself with and people that have truly taken, uh, you know, uh, the, the time out of their day to, to help me grow, um, from Jim Hunter and Roger Bear to, to David Hyatt, uh, Steve Turner, Bill Davis, all these people who took a, an interest in me. And, and when I screwed up, they were the first to help me. And mm-hmm. rather than beat me down, build me up. And, you know, then to be able to surround myself with incredible people that work at this racetrack and work for our great company 
uh, it's such an honor. And you know, we have a lot of fun. We're in the business of fun, but uh, you know, they're stressful days. But they, but they're, they're all memorable. And, you know, to be able to host the president of the United States for the Daytona 500, to be a part of some of the most iconic finishes in all of sports, um, you know, things that I will remember for the rest of my life. But uh, the, the biggest honor that I have is working for Jim France and Lisa France Kennedy. Uh, the things that, that they continue to do for this company and for our sport are remarkable. You look at what even we've been able to do this year, first sport back with live content. Jim France and Lisa France Kennedy looked at our management team and said, we have to be the first sport back, but we have to do it safely. And uh, we, you know, Steve Phelps and, 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 and Joe Gregory and Daryl Wolf and the team, we all went to work trying to figure out how to make it happen. Uh, and, and, and we're able to do that. And then first floor back with fans in the stands. Um, you know, th- those are huge accomplishments. And it's all driven by leadership, and the leadership of those two people truly have inspired all of us. And we want to come to work every day and do our best for them uh, because of what they do for all of us. Speaking with Chip Weil here, the president of Daytona International Speedway on this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio. And all these great tracks and NASCAR itself has done a great job, as you mentioned, on keeping the uh, sports safe. Uh, not a lot of COVID-19 outbreaks going on right now. It seems that everyone has been following protocol, doing what they need to do. And NASCAR has uh, gotten on to the people who haven't uh, done what they needed to do. Now, with you hosting a race here coming up in a few weeks, have you reached out to other tracks and as far as what they've done to kind of prepare for, uh, you know, what they had to do for race weekend and especially with you allowing fans into some of those events on the upcoming Daytona race weekends, uh, how are you preparing to welcome fans and welcome NASCAR nation to a Daytona? Well, I've been very fortunate to be a part of uh, the team that's helped design the protocols for return to racing with fans and, We've been able to uh, to test those protocols a couple of times. We were uh, I was a part of the team that welcomed uh, our military folks, uh, military men and women, back to Homestead Miami Speedways with the, with their family uh, for the Dixie Vodka 400 in uh, June, and then was a part of the team that welcomed uh, folks back at Talladega Super Speedway the next weekend for the Geico 500. Uh, we also had fans here for the WeatherTech 240, the MSR race on July 4th. So. We've had a couple cracks at it, and uh, certainly every time we do it, we make a, you know small tweaks to our protocols and our plan. But um, I feel like we'll be in a great place. We are going to welcome fans back to the Daytona International Speedway uh, for both the Truck Cup doubleheader on the road course, and then obviously for the Coke Zero Sugar 400 uh, on August 29th to set the field for the playoff, the last play, last chance to get into the NASCAR playoff for 2020. It's going to be an incredible race. Uh, but, you know, obviously every time we host any fans or competitors back at the racetrack, uh, our, our single biggest priority is safety and making sure that we keep our safe, our competitors and our fans safe. So uh, we have uh, some protocols in place. You have to wear a mask. We do take your temperature and ask you some screening questions before you can come in. We'll obviously keep you socially distant while you're in the seats and while you're in our concourse areas. Uh, our food and beverages are all individually packaged. We encourage you to use uh, uh, cashless payments. So there's a lot of things that we're doing um, to, to make sure that when fans come back to the racetrack, they feel safe. And uh, I feel like we're in a really good place. But certainly I uh, want to make sure that each and every time we do it, we take a note and make small tweaks and adjustments to our protocols to 
continue to drive the business forward and welcome more and more fans back to the track. Well, Mr. Wall, I got to tell you, I'm so excited for how Daytona is going to be for that last race. So many uh, people are going to be jockeying for position, trying to get that desperate win to lock themselves in, or those drivers are going to be right there on the bubble, uh, especially Jimmy Johnson. We know how he wants to get into the playoffs for his last season. So hopefully he'll have an opportunity to lock himself in, or hopefully he'll be locked in. But, man, it, it, I tell you, it, it's going to be exciting to see how that racing is going to be at Daytona for that last uh, regular season race before we start the playoffs. And as you mentioned, you are going to be allowing some fans in for these upcoming races. And, of course, our show covers Atlanta and the southeast, so you're within a driving distance away there to uh, Daytona. So if our listeners want to find out information, get tickets, and and all that kind of info, where can they go to get that information, Mr. Wow? You can go to DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. Best way to get tickets, find out more information about races. Tickets for both events start at $49. Kids 12 and under are only $10 for the cup race. So uh, really great values. Or, or if, you, if you'd rather call and talk to one of my teammates, 1-800-PIT-SHOP, 1-800-PIT-SHOP. Hi, folks, this is Ed Clark, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie bringing you yet again another brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio as we'll be at New Hampshire Motor Speedway coming up this weekend for the Cup Series. And the Performance Racing Network will have all the radio coverage for you, which you can get off the prn radio app or hit the website goprn.com and listen to the live stream and one of the many voices you hear occasionally if you listen to the performance racing network he's got a podcast and also one of the many turn announcers used during prn race coverage from his home base in the city of atlanta georgia ladies and gentlemen let's welcome in mr <laughs> Man, that might <laughs> that might be the best uh, entrance I've ever gotten, man, or intro I've ever gotten. How you doing? Well, Mr. Turnbull, we've been for a long time trying to get you on this radio program, and through some uh, behind-the-scenes radio situations, we were unable, uh, never able to have you on the show. And I've been, we've been friends for a long time because we share this mutual love of the sport of. NASCAR, we both cover for it sure. for radio, for you, for the Performance Racing Network here, doing this little radio show we do every week on the uh, Georgia News Network. And because of certain things, we were able now to make it possible for you to be on the program. So we're very honored and privileged. And when we have a big-time guest on the program, we welcome them in with a big-time introduction. So, uh, Mr. Turnbull, thank you so much. <laughs> for taking time to join us. So the Performance Racing Network will be in action at the New Hampshire Motor Speedway, and this has been a crazy 2020 season. Who would have thought we would be here when the green flag dropped at Daytona International Speedway for the uh, Daytona 500? And now that we restarted with this whole COVID schedule of things, the midweek racing, doubleheader weekends, uh, racing, you know, now the Daytona road course will be used since we're not going to be at Watkins Glen. Of the craziest of the schedule so far, what are some of the things you might have uh, taken away as a positive change for this kind of experimental time we have? Uh, one thing, first off, because NASCAR and the whole sport were forced into a corner by this virus, 
the the fact that they've been able to experiment with the schedule and have both midweek races and races with the exception of the Coca-Cola 600 having no practice and qualifying uh, also having the double headers all those kind of feed into each other if you if you don't have practice and qualifying it may you're able to shrink your show to where you're able to have double headers and to have a double header means you either run a Saturday and a Sunday or you're going to run on a Sunday or Saturday and then on a week a weeknight so we've seen NASCAR compress its schedule, and can you believe, Alfie, since we've come back May 17th at Darlington, it's been 15 races now. 15 points races and an all-star race have been run since the sport returned from a two-month COVID shutdown. That's pretty good, and that's way more ground than any other sport has covered, and considering that only Jimmy Johnson and a few team members, uh, that mainly people that have been in the shops, have tested positive for the virus, as far as drivers that have recently been to the track, we also had Brendan Gaughan with a positive test and, and another driver I know that had a positive test who hasn't been to the tracks in, in a long time. That, that's a pretty big success story considering what baseball is dealing with now. So I think NASCAR being able to experiment and, 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 and the positive of that, seeing how that could affect the schedule in the future and save these teams money, make it a better show for the fans has been something that it took a really bad thing like the virus to get us into maybe a really good spot. Now, Doug, for many of our listeners out there, they're hearing you for the first time. They probably have heard you on a PRN radio race or anything like that. But I'm always fascinated by where people, how get to, how people get to the position they are because being a turn announcer for a major radio network is not an easy task. So how was it that you got uh, the ability and the opportunity for you to now excel to do what you do now uh, that's a good question i mean i really do think it's by god's grace that i was able to do anything of this and it all started uh, three days after i graduated high school in 2004 i met captain herb emory who for the long time was the traffic anchor at the station i work now 95.5 wsb and i, I had a chance to meet him essentially because my mom sent him an email and herb was just very welcoming and he took me on a, a tour of the station and then offered me an internship that same day and took me even in the helicopter that same day. And so that led into my traffic job. Herb was real connected in NASCAR and knew and 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 covered the race. He had a weekly racing show and went to the racetrack in Atlanta back then two times a year. So I got to immediately start working and racing with that. And so because of the connections of Captain Herb, that got me exposure with PRN, uh, Doug Rice mainly, and also Mark Garrow. And they were able to get me into position to eventually start filling in for them as a pit reporter and a turn announcer. And so now I do about four or five races a year for PRN and also get to every once in a while, do some PA work for Charlotte motor speedway and, and even for Atlanta, if I'm if not doing PRN already. So it's, it's just been something where you just keep, you know, you keep working at it. And, and then if you know people that are in the right places at the right time, it just all matches up. But, and so definitely by God's grace, I was here because it's not like I'm better than a ton of people, in my opinion. <laughs> well, oh, hey, I think you do a dang good job for sure, uh, Mr. Turnbull, uh, no doubt about it. And, and uh, also uh, much respect to Captain Herb as well as uh, I also listen to that Absolutely. same radio uh, show as well when I used to dream of one day getting behind uh, the microphone. Doug Turnbull, turn announcer for the Performance Racing Network. Uh, Mr. Turnbull, thank you so much for taking time to join us this week on uh, Southern Race Week Radio. Uh, take care, and hopefully we'll talk to you again down the road, my friend. Hey, you too, Alfie. Thanks for having me. This is Natalie Decker, driver for Nice Motorsports, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. Hello, and welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie bringing you yet again another brand-new week's edition 
of Southern Race Week Radio as the Cup season continues on here in 2020 as the Cup Series will be heading to New Hampshire Motor Speedway coming up this weekend, and we're really excited to have here on the Food Depot Hotline one of the drivers that will be participating in Cup Series racing this Sunday. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in the driver of the number 17 Ford Mustang for Roush Fenway Racing. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Chris Busher. Mr. Busher, uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your uh, busy schedule to join us this week on uh, Southern Race Week Radio. Hopefully you are enjoying your day so far today, sir. <laughs> yeah, all good. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, we're uh, Fired up here. We had a had a little bit of an off weekend, even though we had a had a race last week. We had to take that time to uh, kind of get back in um, needed rest after all uh, this crazy schedule we've had here lately. But besides that, we're excited to get heading back to New Hampshire this weekend. I look forward to taking our fast small Mustang up there and trying to uh, to get a little bit more luck on our side here lately. Is what we're missing the most. <laughs> Now, uh, Mr. Bush, you just mentioned the kind of craziness of the uh, schedule due to the uh, COVID-19 suspension of the season. You've had midweek races. You've had uh, doubleheader weekends. You've raced, uh, you know, the same track, different days. Now with the the road course that's going to be implemented at Daytona since you guys are not going to be racing at Watkins Glen. So of of all the changes and, and the kind of tweaks that have been going on, what are your feelings on racing on a Wednesday night? most parts of it honestly um, and i'll tell you the part that's been the most frustrating has flat out been been weather um mm-hmm. and it's something we just can't control but I, I don't think that the cup series has gotten a midweek race in yet that has not been affected in some way shape or form by humidity uh and, and a track not dry from before or rain pop-up um or lightning strikes you know we've had so much uh, adversity that we fought there to uh, to really try and get a good feel how uh, our sports fans feel about it, and so that's unfortunate. But from from my perspective, I've enjoyed doing it. I, I thought it's been something neat to uh, to come in. We've obviously been presented a, an opportunity to try it with not having practice or qualifying during our weekends to try and keep our, our numbers low for our, our total head count at the racetrack. So it, it's put us in a situation where we can do it pretty pretty easily, I'd say. Um, and so with that, I just, uh, I think it's gone well from, from my point of view, I've enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I, I like the fact we can come in and, and roll out and still have, uh, I won't say ample time to get ready for the next week. And I know everyone back at the shops wasn't, uh, wasn't loving it when it was week after week, but I think if you sprinkle a couple in there, it's, it's something that should be really doable for us going forward. Speaking with Chris Bush, you're here on a Sunray Street Radio as we get set for racing this week at a New Hampshire Motor Speedway. And as I'm always fascinated when NASCAR sends me the bios of your drivers because we know how amazing you guys are on the track and how crazy your job is. But I love learning a little bit about the drivers themselves. And I see here you're a native of Prosper, Texas. And I never heard of Prosper, Texas. Tell me a little bit about the, uh, Prosper, Texas growing up and how living there influenced the way you drive your car now. I haven't heard of it. It's a little rural area outside of uh, the DFW area. Uh, I mean, let's just uh, where, where I went to drive. Now, it wasn't in a car. Uh, I never had a driver's license. <laughs> I, moved, uh, I moved before I was able to get my, my driver's license. I moved in 
guess he hasn't been in uh, in North Carolina, but yeah, it is the law enforcement around town there. They'll uh, they'll tell you that, that I was driving something and it wasn't legal to be on the road. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I learned a lot just messing uh, around. Uh, I had a lot of friends that drove um, motorcycles and four wheelers and, and different things that uh, we kind of terrorize our, our little area, but. Uh, at the end of the day, it's uh, a little bit simpler living than uh, than a lot of other uh, areas out in Texas, but uh, something that uh, I really enjoyed a lot growing up and have, uh, have tried to find something very similar um, out of North Carolina as well. My, my wife's from a really small town in North Carolina, and so we're uh, about 20 minutes from where she grew up uh, out in a, in a little place now, so... We like uh, we like being away from from the, the busyness of everything. I think we get enough of that in our lives on the weekends. It's great that you like to get away from the busyness and and be able to relax. And and, and when you're not racing and, and you're away from the track to be able to relax. What what do you and your wife enjoy doing when you are away from the track and you do have some time to kind of relax and unwind from a crazy week of racing? What, what do you like to do with to to to, to unwind and relax? Uh, we got a couple of things. So we just um, the pro- thing right now. The main thing. Um, I won't say it's not fun because I, I do enjoy working in, in general, um, but we've been working really hard kind of to get our uh, our farm built up to the point where we can start getting some some cattle out there, um, uh, some goats or sheep or, or something along those lines. I haven't quite figured out what we're doing. Wow. And, you know, this is a fascinating thing when I do these interviews is that you really learn a lot about, the, you know, drivers doing these interviews and that's fascinating to me that that's something that that's the direction you want to go is that something you've always wanted to do when you were a kid growing up wanting to have your own farm and and doing this kind of doing this kind of activity was that something you wanted to to do as a young kid i'd say um not necessarily the the farm animal side of it that's that's definitely more my wife um mm-hmm. but it's something that i've enjoyed learning more about as we go and uh and that, I, that i'm excited to to try and learn about it as uh, as we, we keep getting more and more set up out here. Um, definitely always wanted to be out and, and kind of away from from everything else and have a little bit of progress. So I'm going to have a little bit of fun as well. Uh, i got some trails uh, in mind that I'll, I'll be cutting through the woods, kind of being able to uh, get a little uh, mountain biking in or, um, or, or get the ATVs out and, and cruise around through there. So we got I got plans to enjoy it from, uh, from the side of things that I always figured I would, but uh, I'm excited. I'm learning a lot about the, the animal side of things and, and doing that more than I, I guess I figured I would. She's getting you into farming a little bit. Was she always a race fan, or was this something that she was kind of introduced to dating you and now being married? Yeah, I think uh, I think I've kind of thrown her into the fire here. So <laughs> she's, a, she's a pretty a private person. Um, I tell you, the, the one thing that looks, uh, looks awful is every time – we're uh, back when we were allowed to, to bring everybody to the racetrack. Every time a camera comes around, uh, it doesn't matter if we're mid-conversation, uh, if we're in the middle of the anthem, uh, which is the one time she cannot just take off and leave me. But every time a camera comes around, if it's not during the anthem, she just disappears. And, and I'm just sitting there, it's like I'm talking to myself, or uh, <laughs> like no one wants to, to be friends with me. So uh, it, it's always fun when the camera comes around for the anthem. So she, she starts elbowing me because she, she hates it, but she can't get away at that point. Do you do you make fun of her? Do you make fun of her about it? Do you give it a hard time, or is it, is this like you know what I mean? Like, oh, absolutely, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, well, Chris, well, thank you so much for, for taking time to join us this if, this week. If our listeners want to follow you on social media and keep up with what's going on with you, where can they go? 
Uh, Instagram's the best place. Uh, I've got accounts on the other platforms. I participate in that one a lot more than others. So you want uh, somebody that's not going to blow your feet up, I guess. I'm, <laughs> I'm your guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, thank you so much for joining us this week on Sun the Race Radio. Good luck to you this weekend in New Hampshire Motor Speedway. And maybe sometime soon, maybe through some miracle, we'll maybe see your wife sometime in front of the camera when you're doing an interview or something. We'll try and make that happen. Hi, this is Greg Walter, general manager of the Charlotte Motor Speedway, and you're listening to Southern Raceway. All right, Alfie. Well, you know, it's been a great show. Time to wrap it all up, man. Great lineup that you got this week. And uh, I tell you, you're the best producer in the entire world, man. But, you know, one thing I don't know if you know about, but Doug Turnbull used to be friends of ours with the late Captain Herb Emery, and he used to come in and work for free uh hang out with uh with captain herb and uh i remember when doug turnbull which i call fireball uh doug used to fireball used to sleep in his car in the media parking lot because he was afraid that once (laughs) once he got into the media parking lot he wouldn't be able to get back in (laughs) so he used to camp in his car in the media parking lot. There's well, a little factoid about uh, Doug Turnbull. Thanks to Doug Turnbull for being on. Also, Chip Wild, the president of Daytona, as well as uh, Cup Series driver Chris Busher. And don't forget the podcast will be available for you every Monday on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Go subscribe, like us, uh, rate us, leave a comment. So really appreciate all of that. And don't forget about our social media at Southern, at uh, at SRW Radio, at WB Radio Network, and at Alfie underscore 19. And check out the Facebook page for the latest NASCAR news and short track news at Facebook.com slash Southern Race Week. So, uh, William, another exciting week. And uh, so glad to have you back in the uh, captain's chair and looking forward to having you back on again next week, sir. Well, listen, real quick, a uh, couple things going on in the two-wheel racing world. Thanks to uh, Law Tigers Georgia office. Uh, big racing going on up at uh, Road Atlanta, the Michelin Road Atlanta racetrack this weekend. Alfie, thank you again, and uh, we'll see you next week, bro. All right, we'll talk to you then, William. All right, don't forget to check out FoodDepot.com. It's the race week. See you. <laughs> <laughs>